Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 24 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Kevin, it is Wednesday of Red River Shootout Week, and I've got to tell you, I was... The first two episodes, I've been kind of down, but I'm starting to climb up. I'm starting to climb towards excitement, anticipation, dare I say hope, and I think I'm ready to start getting fired up about this game. The first two days were merely a warm-up, merely a uh, putting my toe in the water. Kevin, tonight on this recording, this is when I bring it. How are you feeling today? Okay, are you are you starting to get a little anxious? Because I'm starting to feel it a little bit. I'm starting Here's to feel the, a little. I think like the week is dragging. Let's I, get there. I, I think we're I, I think we're starting to feel a, a reversal of roles here. I think the anxiety is now starting to fall on the favored team. Texas is favored for the first time since 2009. You have yes. no idea how to handle this. You have no idea what it feels like to be favored. And so you're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do being a seven-point favorite until Saturday when we lose? I, I don't know, Kevin. I don't know what to tell you. I wish I had been. We're always favored. And I just tell you. You guys are though. always favored. Yes. Okay. Listen. In the last episode. Play, though. I got to be ready. Well, I hope so. In the last episode, we talked about Soccer Mom. Big, big listening group. I got to tell you, at soccer practice last night, uh, this young – Pretty spectacular soccer athlete. Number three on my daughter's team came up to me and said, guess what, John? We were listening to the Boomer Bebo podcast on the way down. Kevin, that got me fired up. This, and here's the deal, right? If this kid wasn't like, if she was like one of the kids that wasn't very good on the team, I probably wouldn't be that fired up. But this kid's like an actually really good player, probably a top four player on the team. And it made me, it made me pretty fired up. Her parents... Both Mustang grads were pretty good in high school. So she's got the potential to be really good. After what I saw them play when they were high school, I've seen this kid at 11. I think she's going to surpass any of their athletic feats. But I bring this up, Kevin. I bring this up because I saw myself in this 11-year-old person. I saw my 11-year-old self. Okay. And And I started to think, oh, my God, this is when I had a self-realization that I am indeed an Oklahoma fan. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, I grew up in Texas, but my, I was born in Texas, but my dad was born in Oklahoma, always an Oklahoma fan. Had You know, I had Oklahoma shirts. My family lived in Oklahoma. But it was like a, at age 11, it was like this realization, this, this self-awareness, this enlightenment. I am a Sooner. And I'm going to wear this with a badge of pride. I start wearing shirts to school and jackets to school. And you know what I mean? And I start exhibiting my fandom. Okay. 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, Kevin, I was born in 1978. So that means I turned 11 in October of 1989. Do you know who the quarterback was for the Texas Longhorns in 1989? Was it Gardier? Peter Gardier, Kevin. So 
Now let this see. You, yeah, I see the smile on your face. And for those Texas, for those Texas listeners, they know exactly what I'm talking about. In 1989, Peter Gardier is a freshman. Okay, I don't know if he was a red first freshman. I, you might know Kevin. I don't know, uh, but he he was a freshman. And in 1989, he leads an unranked Texas team to beat a ranked Oklahoma team in the Cotton Bowl. Again. First year of this self-realization, first year of this, this embracing of what will eventually be my lifelong pursuit to be a Sooner fan, and it's snatched away. But not only is it snatched away in 1989, Kevin, when I'm 11, but it's snatched away in 1990. It's snatched away in 1991. It's snatched away in 1992, all by the same Peter Gardier. And Kevin, what this creates in a young man's life, especially in the formative years from 11 to 14, it creates hatred, Kevin. And I wish I wish I could be softer about that. I wish there was a more PC way to describe that emotion, but there's not. When I see burnt orange in October, it makes me angry. And can you look back at childhood? Yeah, I look back at childhood and say those four years of my life were ruined by the Texas Longhorns. And here's the thing. For those that don't know, my birthday is October 8th. That's game day this year. It's always around the game day. So my birthday was ruined, all right, as a young child. For four years now. For that's four traumatic. years. And, and really the first four years of caring. Does it make sense? That's, that's like, very tra- Yeah, that's incredibly traumatic for us. Sure. I remember other things, and, and, and I remember uh, Orange Bowls that we lost. That, that was fine. I, it didn't register yet. It registered. I mean, you were talking prime years. Kevin, it manifests itself now in a strong, triggering PTSD level of hatred every October. And I'm telling you, Kevin, on this Wednesday, October 5th, 2022, the hatred has reached an, a bubbling proportion within my body. Okay, and, it's boiling over. And here's the thing. It's boiling over. And here's the thing, Kevin. We've been covering Texas all year. We've been covering Texas. I've been covering Texas since this summer. I got to tell you, it's very pleasant to talk to you, with you about the University of Texas. We talk about the coaches, and we talk about the players, and we talk about what they need to do to get better. And in some weird, sick way, there's like an affinity that comes with talk with with f- f- familiarity, right? You start to like think to yourself, hmm, maybe they're not that bad. Maybe they're okay. They're just like us. They've got the same ups and downs and feelings, and they're going to the SEC and we're linked together and blah, 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 blah. And it's hit me like a ton of bricks when number three from my daughter's soccer team looked at me and said, I'm listening to the Boomer Bebo podcast, and I think it's awesome. And I'm thinking, oh my God, could this year destroy her life like it has mine. I don't know, Kevin. I'm off. So I'm no, you're triggered. You were triggered. Straight up. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you talk for a minute while I kind of read Yeah, why don't you take a breath? Yeah. Yeah, you might need to take a walk for a little bit. Yes, and breathe in, breathe out. It's going to be all right. Kevin. Well, hopefully Saturday it's not going to be all right. We can rekindle those same triggering feelings that you had as a 12-year-old boy in San Antonio, Texas. I had lunch with my wife today, and I said – we're going to go down to Texas. Uh, we're not going to have any kids. We're going to go out to eat on Friday night. We're going to see some friends in the hotel on Friday night. We're going to wake up, have a have a nice breakfast, go down to the state fair, eat some good food, 
And you know what? Those three, four hours of the game are going to be those three, four hours. But when the game's over, win or lose, it's going to be fine. That was like sanity speaking, right? That's the person I wish I could be. We yeah, both yeah. No, no, that's not true. No. And all of these listeners know that is the biggest bunch of crap that's ever come out of my mouth. Right now, I don't even know how – I don't even know what I was thinking. I, I don't know if I was trying to like impress my wife still, who I've been married to 18 years. You wouldn't think she I knows. Could do it. She knows. Kevin. Why do you hate the University of Oklahoma? Do you? Here's okay, I don't have any deep rooted stories like that, first and foremost. But go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you are literally the mo- most level headed Texas fan in the history of the world. You are a walking encyclopedia. You'd be surprised. You're a walking encyclopedia of football knowledge. I love doing this show with you. Why? Okay, if you don't hate Oklahoma, you have to know some Texas fans that hate Oklahoma. Why do they hate Oklahoma? Here, here's my thing with, with Oklahoma. It's more with Sooner fan, okay? It's when y'all are throwing the horns down when you're not playing Texas. This week, bring it on. I love it. I love seeing you guys throw the horns down this week. I want to hear the Texas sucks all week. I want to see you wearing the hat, beat Texas. But I'm, but I'm watching OU, and I watch OU because I love college football, Right. I watch even more now because I live here. My wife is a Sooner, a proud Sooner, her whole family, all Sooners. And I love those guys, right? When I'm watching you guys play TCU or Iowa State, they pan through your fans and everybody's throwing the horns down. I'm like, well, why are y'all thinking about Texas for it? Why? You guys are OU. You guys are the University of Oklahoma, one of the bluest of the blue bloods, one of the most important and greatest programs in the history of the sport. Why are you thinking about us when you're playing Iowa State? Or when you're playing Kansas. I don't get it, man. And also, I go down the street. When I came, when I first visited here, I just see all these cars with upside-down longhorns. Like, why is that your identity? You're OU. It's major. It's big time. One of the most respected programs in the country. You don't got to do that. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I never will. Maybe you can help me out. First of all, I think that... First of all, I've never been a horns down guy year round. You know this about me. We've talked about I this. Do. We have. I don't do the horns down. I've told my children that not to do the horns down. It's it's stupid. I agree. Strong agreement. The upside down long horns on the back of the truck. Again, it, it seems odd to me that we put so much identity in the being the opposite of, right? So yeah. I actually logically agree with that. However, in the emotional state I'm in today, that actually okay. seems like it makes an incredible amount of sense. When I start thinking about the child that is within me that was irreparably harmed by Peter Gardier, clothing myself in upside down horns doesn't seem too much of an expression of self. So I don't know, Kevin. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just where we're at. Um, here's the other thing I'll tell you is because our rivalry growing up, our rivalry with Nebraska was so well-respected, right? We couldn't hate Nebraska. Okay. OSU was so bad and they continue, you know, they're having a good year this year, but they were historically so bad. Historically. Yeah. yeah, That it, it, it's a rivalry in name only, but you really never took it seriously. Okay. Texas has the ability to hate A&M, Right. You hate AM and you hate Oklahoma. And so yeah. you get to divide that emotion. Oklahoma fan doesn't get to divide that emotion. Divide it. We uh-huh. are forced right. to channel all of our hatred 
at the University of Texas. And it manifests itself in, quite honestly, some probably, I don't know, unflattering ways. So I agree with you. Um, While we're talking about things we hate about the University of Texas, uh, well, I'll ask you, who, who tops your list on players you hate most from OU? Oh man, it's Baker Mayfield, man. <laughs> Come on. That's so dude, that's so cliche. I can't imagine that's real. Is that real? Oh, it is very real. You ask any Texas fan, he's gonna be towards the top of the list. Now, also Quentin Griffin, but this is nothing about his personality. He just destroyed us every time. Same with Roy Williams. He seems like a pretty cool guy. But it's yeah. for some reason you put him on the cotton bowl field and then he just turns into a godlike creature out there. It was insane how good he played in those games against Texas, especially uh, the, the 2001. Su- the Superman play, uh, Teddy Lehman, if you haven't seen it, guys, on Twitter or wherever, he's putting out he's put out a video of the Superman play today, today narrating it. And I don't know. It gave me chills. Oh, it's Did not you- necessary for me. It is tattooed in my brain. I don't need to see it. I, First of all, and I, I actually like Teddy. It's crazy that I've Got to know him over the last few years, and he's actually a really good guy. But, yeah, yeah, he's on a lot of Texas fans' lists and just for that play. And also, one more thing about him, how the, the commentators would talk about how fast he was during <laughs> They totally the 40, did. 40, yeah, every year. Uh, that video, though, does call out in a positive way some Texas players. So I'm just going to say it for all our Texas listeners out there. It's not, it is an OU Homer video, clearly. I mean, it's the play that we knock a ball at Chris Sims. But the the emotion it creates, I mean, he talks Peter Gardier, he talks Ricky Williams. He t- I mean, he 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 throws out some big time names and it's pretty cool. Um, all right. Uh, what about moments? Is that the biggest moment? That Superman moment? Is that one of the worst moments ever for you? That guys? is one of the worst moments for sure. Yeah. And and again, we might not have won the game. We're down seven three. It was just a disaster all around, right? We couldn't move the ball hardly all game, despite us having insane amount of talent on offense. You guys punt the ball. Nathan Vasher, who was one of our greatest DBs ever, feels the punt at the one-yard line instead of just letting it go into the end zone for a touchback. And then even still, for him to make a play like that at that moment, it's just, you know, oh, it's iconic. Sam drops a- back. I'm looking down the field to see who he's going to throw for. I look back. I just see the ball in the air. And I just see Layman running with the ball. And there was this moment of just silence. And then the OU side of the stadium just erupts. And <laughs> I'm like, what the hell just happened? Oh, uh, for, First game I went to, by the way. First Red River uh, game that I went to. So, yeah. So, welcome. you know. It's funny you say that. On my list is the first Red River game I went to, 1999, uh, Bob Stoops' first year. Um, that was a good game. Yeah, my sister got me tickets at the 50-yard line, student section. Whoa, okay. And that that first quarter was one of my greatest memories of OU Texas. I mean, it was just, what is happening? Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Everybody's going nuts. Texas fan is pissed. You're right on the line. Lo- you know, on the line, Texas fan right yeah. here just can't believe what's happening. I lose my voice in the first quarter. The second quarter could have been one of the worst moments in the, in the rivalry because it was like you just watched that lead completely evaporate and you said, oh, my God, here we go again. We're never going to win another game. Um, was it? I think the final score of that was um, 38, I think 38-28. Yeah, it was 38-28, like but yeah. 
it was like 17 nothing. Oh my gosh. And that's, you know what? That encapsulates the rivalry is the swings. No, no lead is safe in this rivalry. Monumental momentum swings. It's unlike any other, any other thing I've seen. I mean, you think about, you think about 08, uh, you think about 2020, 21, 18. Um, it's just speaking of worst moments. I mean, 21 is by far my first, my worst moment. Last best moment. Year. Best moment. Yep. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, for you guys to come back like that, and it's not, you know, I think it's twofold for OU fan, right? Tell me if you agree with this. It's twofold because you win the game, you come back from a huge deficit, you don't expect to win, and you win the game, and you know what it does to Texas fans. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right? So it's twofold. Yes. So the yes. opposite for me knowing that Texas blew that huge lead, 28-7 in the first quarter. And, again, that first quarter is the best quarter I have ever seen Texas play, ever. Even the 2005 team never came out with a performance against a team like OU like that. We'd never seen it before. And, and you're, Kevin, so, yeah. you're, you're so right. It sounds petty. It sounds petty even saying it out loud, but you're exactly right. It's The winning is, is great, but not nearly the elation – the fact that yeah. y'all lost. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, it was. Yeah. it was, And I knew it right away because it's not like I said, not only did we lose, but it was to them. I know what they're thinking because I'd be thinking the exact same thing. And that's the beauty of the rivalry, though. I, I'll take speaking again of swings and momentum and one of the all time great so- uh, football games, 2008. I'm in the all the way at the top. It's the new section of the end zone. So I'm all the way up at the top. And Jordan Shipley receives the kickoff. And I'm looking down the field as the C's part for Jordan Shipley. And it's just like, oh, crap. And you just got the sense that we had played so well. But to give up that 14-3. play. You, we were up 14, you had just scored to make it 14-3. And that was the ensuing kickoff. And you're like, the yeah. And it was not what you needed to see. It was, it was the exact opposite. And... Jordan Shipley ranks very, very, very highly on my list. Not only for that play, but for every freaking third down play he ever picked up against Oklahoma. And I don't know. What do you think? He's got 40 third down conversions. I don't know what the number is. <laughs> Dude but was he, a gamer for real. Yeah, oh, my gosh. And, that, and you know what? That's exactly right. In, in some way, there's just that little twinge of respect, Jordan Shipley, because he was a gamer. Like, there was no reason with all these five-star recruits and all the NFL talent that was on both sides of the field, that dude in many ways was the best player on the field. I mean, he made the D plays over and over again. And um, 2008 for me, just a kick in the footballs. Like, I, I, I'll just – I don't know that I'll ever recover. And it did That is get... my best moment, by the way. Oh, I bet. I bet. you. We've talked about it because it was – you had said it, and I love I loved this observation – it was the first time that you stood toe to toe as a ranked opponent against a ranked opponent in Oklahoma in the in the modern era in the two thousands, yeah. and you just and you won outright. Game, yeah, and you outright five just teams. Yeah, we was ranked number number one. Number I think one. Was number we were number five. So yeah, yeah. Again, toe to toe against OU team at its best. No real injuries. Mm-mm. Everybody healthy. Everybody on the field. Our best. Your best. So yeah, it was pretty special. Um, and then in, it didn't get better next the next year, two thousand nine. Colt McCoy tackling Brian Jackson on what is an 
it, it, it's it, it's one of the most inexplicable plays I've ever seen. Brian Jackson, for those who don't remember, was a cornerback. He was really, really good. That yeah. was actually a very good defense in 2009. We had our offensive problems, but it was a very good defense. We're they're all, Texas is only up 16-13. This is a Texas team that's going to go on to play for the national championship. And, and, and it speaks to the day, right? That speaks to the game we're looking at this weekend. I mean, all of this kind of ties in because Texas is expecting to roll. You know, Sam Bradford's hurt. Jermaine Gresham's out. You know, blah, Remember, blah, Sam blah. Bradford was back, but, but he got re-injured. Yeah, but nobody thought he was going to. Anyway, it's 16-13. Oklahoma's in the game. And Brian Jackson is has a, has a pick, intercepts it on the sideline. This is going to be a pick six. And Colt McCoy makes a game-saving tackle. And you're like – how can one of the most athletic players on the field get caught by Colt McCoy? I'll never understand it to this day. It was a, yeah. I mean, and literally the only thing between Brian Jackson and the end zone was Colt McCoy. I don't know. Oh. To this day, I don't know how he made that tackle. I mean, yeah. Brian Jackson went on to play in the NFL. He played for the yeah. New York Jets. I mean, the guy was a very talented guy, top end speed. And I can't for the life of me figure out how in the world he let Colt McCoy tackle him. And, Oh, all right, we got time for one more. One more one that you can remember that just tore your heart out. The fans would love to hear it. It would kind of make everybody feel better. Well, as far as tearing my heart out, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, uh, let's see, the um, oh, the O two game was was frustrating. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. It was Nate Hibble. Chris Sims was a senior. Okay, so it's a year after the Roy Williams uh, game, and Texas came out hot, playing good defensively. Got a touchdown by Sims on a quarterback sneak. Uh, we're up 7-3. Hibble throws a pass. Rod Babers, Texas corner, intercepts it, takes it back to the house. Texas is up 14-3. And again, I mean, we're going nuts. I'm like, okay, are we actually going to finally beat these guys? On the ensuing kickoff, I forget who the guy was. It was one of those receivers you had. Yeah, we had a ton Antoine of them. Savage, maybe. Yeah. One of the, maybe Savage. It takes the kickoff back all the way to like the 20 yard line. <clears throat> you guys score a touchdown, get a two point conversion. It's 14 11 at that point. Which was, tech- which was weird. weird. I remember that being weird because Bob never went for two. So I just yeah. thought, I don't know if he just wanted to get the crowd fired up or wanted to get his team fired up. I thought that was the weird decision then, but it obviously worked out. But go ahead. Go ahead. Re- revel touchdown. in your misery. He was another guy on the, on, on the Texas fans didn't like back in the day. He, he wasn't like a, Super Ooh. dynamic player, Trent Smith, the tight end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he gets a touchdown there, get the two-point conversion, and it's 14-11 going into halftime. Just killed the momentum, and then Quentin Griffin just went absolutely nuts in the second half. He had like 250 yards rushing in that game, and Texas loses. That's number three in a row, right? Yeah, that was a third loss in a row, and Sims – Last goal against the Sooners, finishing his career 0-3 as a starter, 0-4 as a player. So, Man, Kevin. Disappointing stuff. This episode, this is, what I, this is what I needed tonight, all right? I needed to identify what had been growing inside me all day, and it was the hatred for Texas. And I needed to get it out. I needed to reveal a part of myself out to the crowd. And I feel better now. Um, tomorrow we're going again and I, I promise I'm going to probably be, or going to try to be just a little more positive. I'm going to look at the good side of of the rivalry. I'm going to try to figure out ways Oklahoma can win the game. But tonight was about hate 
And I'm okay with that. I don't know if you are. I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm all for it, man. This is the week for it. This is hate week. Hate week. That's right. And if you're out there listening, share us with your friends. Other people are going through the same emotions that I'm going through and Kevin's going through. So make sure that when you see a buddy that's like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen this week. Hey, listen to the Boomer Bebo podcast. They don't either, but they feel exactly like you do, and it's going to make you feel better, I promise. Hey, Kevin, we'll see you tomorrow for week uh, part four. Boomer. Hook okay.